Prepare to be captivated by the business story of the week, hosted by me, Shaheen Shan. Join us on a journey through the twists and turns of entrepreneurial triumphs and setbacks. Immerse yourself in the narrative and witness the magic that turns dreams into reality. This is Business Story of the Week. And we are back to Business Story of the Week, where we navigate the world of entrepreneurship. You know, we uncover stories of perseverance, struggles, innovations, success. You know how it is. Every episode, we adventure into the lives of the brightest and journey of those who dare to dream and do. And our guest today is no different. And Kathy, actually, is a purpose strategy expert. She created the global purpose strategy for Adidas, a $22 billion company, global company, encompassing everything the brand does to positively impact people and the planet, including a holistic sustainability strategy, an impactful social equality strategy, and a progressive diversity and inclusion strategy. It's really all-encompassing, and we'd love to get into that. Kathy has 20 years of experience in brand marketing, strategy, and impact, working at established brands like Adidas, Miller Coors, and Microsoft. Now, today, Kathy is a sought-after keynote speaker purpose strategy expert, and a CSR and ESG consultant who has spoken and led workshops around the globe. Today, Kathy will share her knowledge with the audience on how to embed a purpose into their company in order to transform their culture, their business, and impact the world positively. Kathy, thank you so much for your time. How are you doing? You look lovely. Thank you, Joshua. It's really nice to be here. Fantastic. Kathy, I really would love to get into this. But first, I like to start with the journey, like with anything, you know, entrepreneurial, anything motivational that our audience love to hear is we, we love to know where it all started. Um, what I know, particularly when it comes to big corporations, is that it took a while before you know, like kind of like a social responsibility really started getting embedded into their strategies. How did that start for you? How did you get into that kind of niche? And where did this journey really all begin? Mm. Um, honestly, I would say the journey became, began right out of undergrad. Uh, okay. I joined the Peace Corps. I went to North Africa, to Morocco, and I did small business development. And I had seen at the time Peace Corps as kind of like an internship for me Mm -hmm. because I had studied economics. I was interested in getting an advanced degree in developmental economics because I was Uh really driven by how do you create a more level playing field globally? Um, It's not fair that some people win the birth lottery by being born in developed countries and some people don't. But what I learned in the Peace Corps is not what I was expecting to learn. I saw firsthand the power of business to create systemic change. And so I changed my own trajectory because of that and decided when I returned from the Peace Corps, I wanted to become great at business 
and then use that to create the change I wanted to see in the world instead of going a nonprofit route or a government route. And I spent 20 years in corporate and I would say it was a very, um, it was partly a midlife crisis for me that started at age 22 because I didn't know how I was going to use business to create the change I wanted to. I just knew I was collecting these skills that I hoped I would Uh be able to use at some point. And then at the end of my time at Adidas, I was literally given my dream job. All of the pieces fell together and I was asked to lead global purpose strategy for them, which Uh was being given the keys to use business as a force for good. And so after I did that, 2020 happened and I looked around the world and it was interesting to see that a lot of business leaders suddenly became genuinely interested in the role that their company could play in the world Uh as we were all struggling through the pandemic instead of pulling back on how they could support the communities they operated in. They actually Uh leaned forward. And I saw an opportunity to leave Adidas and help these other business leaders figure out how to do this the right way. Wow. Wow. I I love that story because now I really want to ask, like, has it always been, it feels like it's always been internal. Like you've always wanted that you joined the Peace Corps. And it feels like, does that feel that has always been the purpose? Do you feel like it's always been in your heart to kind of like, you know, have give back to the world, so to speak. Do the do the right things and make sure everyone is impacted positively. Absolutely, and I would say it builds off one of my internal values that is in my operating system, internal operating system, is the value of fairness, and I think that's the really strong red thread and why I was interested in developmental economics was the unfairness of the way the world currently operates, the unfairness of certain people getting pushed out of opportunities by no means of anything they did themselves. And so fairness, I would say, is something that drives a lot of my work and a lot of my decision making. But um, I wanted to ask, like, has it always been a purpose, you know, something that you've always carried with you because you joined the Peace Corps and you felt like it was a dream that you received, a dream job that you received heading the global purpose strategy for DDoS. But it, I feel like it's only possible to have such massive success if it really, you know, if it's really follows the purpose of your heart. Has it always been that way? And tell us about Tell us about something early on in your childhood that you felt like it made, you know, like it made you feel like this is what I want to do. I think I'll answer that in a little bit of a different way than what you asked. Okay, please. I do agree that if you are operating off of something you truly believe in that's aligned with you, um, not only are you going to enjoy it more, but because you enjoy it more, you're also more likely to be successful at it. And I would say the red thread for me has really been um, off of one of my core values when I think about work. And my core values guide my internal operating system. And when it comes to the red thread in my work, it's 
the core value of fairness. And mm -hmm. so when I was interested, for example, if I go back to the start of my career when I was in college and I was interested uh -huh. in doing developmental economics, that was based off of my value of fairness and looking at oh. the world and seeing how unfair the playing field was for so many people. And it's mm -hmm. that value that guided me through my career to try to figure out how can I use business to create the changes I want wow. to see in the world to wow. enable more fairness. Mm -hmm. Throughout this journey, because I always keep coming back to like, it must be an, a massive challenge to get corporates to do this, right? And throughout this journey, what are the challenges that stuck out with you when you're trying to implement these, these, you know, these purpose, basically, right? You're trying to in, ingrain this purpose into their core business strategies and operations. And I'm, I must imagine when it comes to corporations, they'll, they'd be like, hmm, like, no way. Why? Why would we even? What are the most significant challenges that, that stand out to you? And how did you overcome these? You know, honestly, I feel like with the global pandemic, mm -hmm. there, it accelerated business, the business trend of considering the role as a business leader, as a business you play in society. It accelerated that trend uh -huh. more than anything would have otherwise. Uh -huh. And so taking a step back, when I was given the job of leading Global Purpose at Adidas, it was like all of the puzzle pieces fell into place. All of the skills that I had been building over 20 years in corporate mm -hmm. finally fell into place for me to be able to use it in the way that aligned with my purpose, that aligned with right. my values. And then as I talk to businesses after I've left Adidas, I'm talking to businesses that are already interested. Wow. I'm not, I'm not pushing a stone up a hill and trying to convince them. Oh, wow. And I think a few factors have led to that have led to more and more businesses saying, what is the role of purpose and uh -huh. why should we be interested? I think the first one is honestly employees, employee engagement. You look across the globe and we have a crisis of employee disengagement, which mm -hmm. is costing businesses an estimated $500 billion a year. Oh, wow. That's very material to the bottom line. Wow. And so... How do you get employees engaged? How do you stop quiet quitting? Mm -hmm. How do you get them excited to be using their mental space to innovate things that will make your business better? Right. Well, you do that by aligning with what's important to them. And purpose is a key way to do that. You're aligning uh -huh. on values. You're saying, hey, this job you have doesn't just give you a paycheck. You're able to contribute to something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. By supporting our company, by fully engaging, you're able to help create change in the world that's important right. to you. That's right. huge. Uh -huh. Especially for employees. Who's and looking for other factors at the same time. Yeah, I was going to say like for employees, right? Because especially for like for millennials, Gen Zs, you know, we're looking for more the workforce, the future of the workforce is looking for more purpose in their uh in their in their careers 
So that is an added factor indeed. What were the other factors that you you were mentioning? You were what you wanted do you think that contributed to this? Absolutely. So another is consumers. Consumers mm-hmm. are demanding more from the companies they buy from. Um, and because of the transparency of the internet, consumers are able to look up companies easily. They're able to see who's behaving ethically. They're able to see who's taking care of their trash in a sustainable way. Uh Um, So consumers are another factor. And then another factor is governments. So Uh regulations across the globe are increasing on companies. And that's under the banner of ESG, environmental, social, and governance. Mm -hmm. And the EU is really leading the way there in what they're Mm -hmm. requiring companies to do. So it's not just fiduciary responsibility, which means the only objective of a company is making money, but it's how do you do that? And Uh are you taking care of the mess you make along the way? That is, (laughs) if anything, that is like... uh... I love how you said taking care of the mess along the way because that has been quite the reputation of corporations, right? Profit over people, profit over planet, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if if what damage I'm doing so long as we are maximizing the numbers. I I I feel great. I feel like you're bringing good news right now that corporations are seeing that a lot more however i would question a little bit and i hope you can shed some light into this i would question a little bit the authenticity of it like how how do you see what are the key indicators that this transformation is actually taking place internally right because some corporations might just be you know it's pretty popular to claim like um organically made or like uh ethically sourced um but how can us listeners or the common people uh if you can shed light from your experience how is it authentically actually how can we know if it's authentically being applied hmm. you know there's a few different ways One is you can rely on trusted third party. So if a company, for example, is B Corp certified, that's a really rigorous process to get certified. And it means that that company has been vetted along a bunch of criteria that they've met. And you see their score, they're re-vetted every couple years, and you see how their score changes. And so third party verification can be an easy way for consumers to filter out companies that are authentic and companies that aren't. Now it is harder for really large corporations to become B Corp certified. Um, And so when it comes to large corporations, it's looking at their reporting. Yes. So the reporting that goes out, um, every company has to do their annual reporting, which is usually is their financial numbers. But a lot of companies Mm -hmm. are also doing their sustainability reporting and their impact reporting. And it's becoming more rigorous what they can say and who is checking that, which is making it harder to do greenwashing, which means 
you're saying that you're doing all of this good stuff for the environment, but you aren't actually doing it is what greenwashing yes. means. So that's inauthentic uh -huh. communication. Mm -hmm. It's becoming a lot harder to do that. So there, and Europe is further along in this than America is, but if you're a global company and you're operating in one region, what you're doing right. in that region is going to affect the rest of the regions. It's unlikely you're going to make two different product lines, one uh -huh. for Europe, one for the US, one for Asia, etc. Um, and so it, as things are progressing uh -huh. across the globe with increased governmental regulations, uh -huh. it will become harder to communicate things inauthentically. We're not there uh -huh. yet, but we're going down that road. Wow. I, I can't believe you're just bringing good news after good news when it comes to this, uh, whole, um, corporate responsibility, you know, because uh, what you're telling me or you're telling the audience as well is that there's become a, there's been a there's now a developed complex school of accountability basically right so now there's a system and it's getting rigorous by the day on keeping these global companies accountable and that is such good news you know especially with the creeping doom so to speak let's just call it that way like there's this kind of like a doomsday and rightfully so because we're talking about climate change so to speak right and there's going to be there's it's more than that it's more than these kind of like global impactful um changes that seems to be that the common person doesn't have power you know they feel more powerless by the day when it comes to these changes or these issues, um, how do you think this battle is going to turn out? Like, um, when it comes to the impact of global corporations and how they are impacting climate change and all the other, you know, uh, environmental problems, what do you think is going to be the result of this? Like, based on your experience, is it is it an uphill battle or is, it, or is it, you know, is it rightful to feel powerless by the day? And I'm hoping you can give us a bit of a good news in there as well. <laughs> now, you're cutting out a lot. So let me just okay. rephrase your question back to make sure that I answer the right Go thing because it kept stopping. Um, are you asking if uh, everyday people are powerless to create change with companies was that the question yes that, uh, well, that, uh, the, the, that's a first part of the question and how do you see it moving forward like how do you see this battle between global corporations and the damage that they're creating to the environment is it uh, a winnable battle and I guess if people feel powerless about that mm. what can the common person do more, so to speak. Mm. Um, I would say that it's logical to feel powerless as mm -hmm. an individual of what can you do when you see a lot of systems that aren't operating in a way that protects the future for generations to come. Mm -hmm. um, and when you look at business, the way we've operated it since 
the introduction of financial maximization, maximization, which happened in the 1970s with Milton Friedman, okay. the idea has been uh, unlimited growth. You just yes. continue to grow and grow yep. and grow as a business. That's your objective. Mm-hmm. But you can't have unlimited growth on a finite planet. Yes. That equation doesn't work. And so I think yes. there is more of a realization now that we're so many decades into financial maximization of what the externalities are, the negative mm-hmm. impacts it's had on people and planet and that change mm-hmm. needs to be made. And so I am hopeful that we are seeing change start starting to accelerate. Yes. Will it be fast enough? Is it fast enough right now? No, but hopefully it'll get there. And conversations like these will help it get there. And from an individual standpoint, uh-huh. individuals have a lot of power. You know, I like to think of the analogy of when it's snowing outside, you see one okay. snowflake and you think hm, it's a snowflake. That's uh-huh. like an individual person. But then you leave the window and you come back in a couple hours and you can see an entire mountain blanketed in snow, huge trees blanketed. And that's the collective power of all of these snowflakes just landing together. And that's what happens with individuals. When you start voicing, hey, I demand better from the companies I'm buying from. I demand better from my employer. And all of those voices add together. That's what creates change. And so the more you use your voice, there's power in it. The more you vote and choose people as decision makers that align with your values and the change you want to see, there's power in that. And so don't give up on your power. Use your power. Be annoying with your power. And also be collaborative with your power. Because it's that collaboration piece and that bringing other people along that creates the real change. Kathy, you really have, like, you really are kind of like bringing this, the harbinger of hope, so to speak. <laughs> You've, uh, I love how you say that, you know, it's better than feeling powerless, right? It's always, there's always something to be done. There's always something we can do, not just an, in, on an individual level, but it feels hopeful that there is, a movement on a more global corporate scale because that's where you know that where it seems like that's where it seems like there's nothing to be done right and it gives us hope you know seeing that there are leaders like you who are impacting this change into these corporations and i I really can't say that enough that it's uh it's really good news and I kind of asked this, like, this was my previous question, but um, how do you see companies or corporations approaching social responsibility? What are the trends that you are seeing um, when it comes to their environmental sustainability? Um, how would you, what advice would you give to emerging brands, you know, looking to make a positive impact? Basically, you know, like, Give us a down low, Kathy. And how do you see yourself as well in all this picture? What is your future aspirations? Hmm. Now, for a company starting the journey, there are a number of things I would advise. One mm-hmm. is 
you don't have to recreate the wheel for everything. You do need, do need to look at your company and consider what industry you're in. And mm-hmm. just by identifying your industry, you're able to identify the areas that are the most broken because most mm-hmm. of those have probably been documented. And those are the areas that need the innovation to fix them that mm-hmm. are causing the most damage from a sustainability perspective or from a society perspective. Mm-hmm. And so doing that analysis of mm-hmm. your industry and your company to see where you can make the most impact and then focusing on a few things at a time. Mm-hmm. If you try to do everything at once, you won't be successful. Mm-hmm. Progress and evolution happens with a couple steps at a time. Um, and a key part of this is collaboration. So looking at other companies within your industry or cross industry that have already figured things out that you haven't and sharing best practices. We go a lot farther when we go together and keeping that in mind, the advantage of collaboration and what that means for progress. Uh, and then I don't remember your second question. Yeah. Um, what are your future aspirations? How do you see yourself in this bigger picture? You know, what are your plans ahead? And this is more like kind of like wrapping up as well, because, you know, we'd love the audience to know where they can find you and where they can keep updated with your journey. I'm sorry, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, you're back. You just froze. Oh, goodness. I'm so sorry. Okay. Let me Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Uh sorry Hello? about that. Okay. Let me let me repeat that again. Yeah, one more time. Uh take uh, three. This is not uh, a so, good internet um, connection. Yeah, yeah. Um it happens, right? So okay. Uh we're nearing the end of this, Kathy. And what I really wanted to ask towards the end of this is how do you see yourself in the big picture? What are your future aspirations in this industry? And where can our audiences find you and keep up with your journey? Thank you. Um, So the role I see for myself is really supporting other people. Mm-hmm. on this journey, supporting other people on this journey to use business as a force for good. And I do that in a number of ways. I do that through my keynote speaking, where mm-hmm. I go into conferences and companies and I talk about how do you actually instill a purpose beyond profit into your business. Mm-hmm. I do this through my podcast called Purpose and Profit with Kathy Verrill, where yes. I interview business leaders who are already further along on their journey to show mm-hmm. what they're doing and the lessons they've learned along the way. And then I also do this through coaching. So I do one-on-one executive coaching and I do a group mastermind where the whole point of that is supporting business leaders on their journey to be the most impactful they can be. And when you're looking at the world of using business as a force for good and how we've evolved so much in starting to embed that in companies since COVID, especially under the lens of environmental social governance or ESG. We now have these roles that never existed before. You have chief sustainability officers, which before wasn't in the C-suite. You have heads of ESG, which before was never an internal role. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you have these leaders that are being handed the baton to create true change, 
But a lot of them, especially when you're looking at ESG leaders, their scope has expanded beyond what their expertise probably was. Right. They might have been the sustainability person before, and now they're mandated with covering the social side of it and the governance side of it. Right. And so in coaching, it's really supporting these individuals as they pave a path that's never been paved before. Mm-hmm. Kathy, that is such a lovely way to put it. Um, you, you touch up a lot of the points of being collaborative and that there are opportunities popping up everywhere with this new sustainable approach globally you know there's there's roles being created everywhere i think this really my my take for today and my time with you is hope like there is hope it does not feel like a losing battle it you've made me feel and i believe the rest of the listeners feel as well that uh there is it, we can win this there is there are people and together we can make an impactful change and um, I, 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 I appreciate that there are leaders like you spearheading that kind of movement. And I'd like to thank you for that, Kathy. And like, thank, I'd like to thank you for your time here. And, um, and as a, a closing to all of this, where can we find you? What are your socials? What are your websites? And what else should we keep up to date with Kathy? Mm, thank you. Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active there. So Kathy yeah. Varol on LinkedIn. And then I also have a podcast and a weekly newsletter. So if you go to my website, which is kathyvarol.com, it has a way to sign up for my newsletter and it has links to my podcast as well. Yes. So guys, you heard it here first. I personally listened to uh, a couple of Kathy's episodes of profit and purpose you give yourself the time it is fantastic i love it i love the message that uh, kathy is pushing and thank you kathy for sharing that today and sharing your time with us and i'll catch you on the next one all right so here's the thing we try to get a little bit better every day but we can't do it without you So if you like the video, make sure to like and subscribe below. And if you have any comments, just leave them in the space under.